Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Hello, everyone. It's not Monday, it's Tuesday. I know it's a surprise special show because Sheila English, who owns Readers Entertainment, has a new book out and she and I were trying to coordinate when she could come on and I was out of town yesterday flying home and she was getting back from a readers conference. So anyway, we decided a special Tuesday show was in order. So thank you so much for being here and for listening. If you're listening later, thanks for checking in. You're in for a big treat. So if you have not read Sheila's books before, I will read her bio here so you can get to know her. Sheila English lives in California where she is a producer, director, and screenwriter for COS Productions, which is Circle of Seven, who owns Readers Entertainment. She is the top producer of book trailers in America. She has worked with authors such as George R.R. Martin, Christine Feehan, Karen Rose, Corey Doctorow. James Rollins, and many other amazing authors. When she isn't writing supernatural suspense, she is an animal rights activist, loves dogs and cats, and is a huge Doctor Who fan. I did put a link to Sheila's website right there on the Blog Talk site. So if you are listening live or if you're listening later, click that. Sign up for her newsletter because she has all kinds of things. She's so multi-talented. So Anyway, I will let her, <laughs> I'll, I'll get it all out for you guys in our questions. But are you there, Sheila? I am indeed. Thank you for having me and for doing oh. a, a special, yeah, a, a special episode. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks so much for coming on. When I got your email about the new book, um, I was so excited because I believe this is the first Adam Frankenstein novel, right? He's just been graphic yep. novels so far. Well, I've done two uh, two of the comics, and then I have two um, two books that are short stories of Adam. Oh, okay. And I yeah, I started those just to see if people would be interested in the character, and then um, yeah, so I have now I have a full length novel. Adam and, novel. Yeah, and this one's called The Deadly Pieces, and it's Adam Frankenstein, U.S. Marshal. Do you want to tell everybody all about it? Why they should go grab a copy. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, I I kind of kind of my little spiel for Adam's world is, you know, if you are created and not born, and you have no family, no friends, and everybody who sees you either runs away or wants to kill you, how would you develop <laughs> a personality, right? Right. And so that's that's actually where the short stories come in, and some of them are historical, some of them are more modern. And I just kind of thought, you know, what are the things that would happen to him that would teach him things like honor or sympathy, you know, and I wanted him to have those stories. And I I thought, well, the first thing that I want to do with Adam is, you know, if you've never loved or been loved, you can become monstrous no matter who or what you are. And, And so I gave him an immortal dog, Bella. And that's in the first collection, yeah, the first collection of short stories, he acquires this dog, and it's life-changing. And as you said, I, I, you know, love dogs. I do love cats. I love lots of animals. I love all animals. And, um, you know, 
uh, Bella is actually based off of my own dog. She's a little Harlequin Minpin. And, uh, you know, anybody who's a dog owner knows that feeling that you wish they could live forever. And right. So I, I, gave, I gave Adam one that could, and changed, it just changed his whole entire trajectory for the person that he would become. And, um, and then the second short story collection, which is called Search for a Soul, uh, there's lots of different stories in one of the short stories, but probably the biggest character arc for Adam is in a short story in that collection called Marked. And um, there is a, a woman who is taking care of a little girl who's dying, and the village thinks that she's a witch. So she hires Adam as a bodyguard to come and watch over this little girl so that she can pass in peace. And it starts out he's not a really nice guy. He kind of gives what he gets. And so, you know, he he's just kind of in it for what he's going to get out of it. And meeting this little girl and seeing how this woman who is not her mother is trying to take care of her, that is a big character arc. It changes him as well. So, you know, there's like, those are my favorites probably in each book. And I like all the stories or I wouldn't have written them. But um, so that was the catalyst. Just like here are the things that happened to Adam. And when you get to the deadly pieces, which is which shows when he first meets his partner, Rebecca, and how he ends up becoming a U.S. Marshal in Houston, you know, if you've read the short stories, that's great. You'll see some of the influences in there. You don't have to read them. Um, but it was it was evolution to see all these things that had happened to him. And, you know, it opens up. Um, and, well, I will say it has a, uh, a prologue that's, that's historical and, and tells a little bit about his relationship with Mary Shelley. Um, but then you know, the first chapter you get, he does, he actually doesn't want to work for Mary Shelley's League of Supernatural Hunters, which is the overall umbrella for most of what I write. And um, yeah. And since Mary passed, he didn't, he doesn't like how things have developed in the league, but he still, they'll hire him um, occasionally, you know, he kind of freelances, I guess. And they hired him because there's, a lot of homeless in uh, New Orleans that were disappearing and then they would find the bodies and it looked like maybe there's something supernatural going on. And at the time the league is, uh, they don't have a lot of manpower. They're, they're looking to hire and uh, he doesn't (laughs) want to work for them. Right. But, but they, they give him a side job. And in the first chapter you see, he has discovered this underground lab and what's interesting is there there are tunnels under under New Orleans. A lot of people don't know that. Anyhow, so this scientist, she's actually the, the lead scientist for the league, and she's doing very very not nice things down in down oh. in that. Yeah, and she has stolen some research. The league told her she couldn't do the research she wanted, so she really wanted to do this research. And um, and that brings in uh, the island of Dr. Moreau. If you've ever read that, 
in the right. eyes of Dr. Moreau, he takes animals and tries to make them into people. She thinks the research was backwards, so she's taking people to turn them into animals. And so she's doing all these experiments down there. And, of course, Adam doesn't like when you use science and magic. He thinks that is not the way to go. And so he's trying to stop her. And, but she escapes. And he, he wants to follow. He wants to shut all of this down. And they find out she has gone to Houston. She says he, she's going to go, but they don't have any, any help there. And they have marshals looking into some things that are happening there that's tied to it. Now, the marshals don't know anything about sup- the supernatural portion of it. So they don't, know, they don't know he's immortal or built or anything so like that? They don't know anything about it. But, you know, the marshal service is, is amazing. Like, it really is amazing. They capture more bad guys than the FBI and, and all the all those other organizations combined. And I'm not saying wow. anything bad about those organizations. But, yeah, if you go and you look up the statistics for the U.S. Marshals, and I do have, um, I do have somebody in the Marshal Service that helps me do research. And he said, I, I told him, you know, you look at those stats, and it's staggering. It's just amazing. And I, you know, I, but I don't ever really hear much about it. And he said, that's very purposeful. They don't want to make themselves, you know, put themselves in the public eye. You know, they want to stay kind of on the, on the down low so people don't really see them coming. And they, right. they're kind of under, underestimated a little bit. But they are so amazing. And that, that's part of the reason I chose the, the, the U.S. Marshals. That, and they have a lot of leeway in things. That, like they can do sting operations. They can, you know, pretend to be someone else. And so they have leeway that, that some of the other organizations um, wouldn't just be able to do. Right. So it, it was a really good, you know. So they, they told, uh, you know, they told Adam, we're going to put you with the marshal service. They're going to they're gonna be kind of a, a resource for you. Gently, he ends up with a partner named Rebecca, who is very, like, it, she's pretty by, by the book for the most part, but she's really a, a kick-butt heroine. And she's, like, she was in the military. And most U.S. marshals um, uh, come from a military background. And um, so she's... You know, she's, she's definitely holds her own. And, um, you know, when they first meet, you know, you can tell that, you know, they're, he, he's not real happy about it. She's kind of unsure of him. And she, they, they leave, you know, she leaves and he's thinking of that she's going to make things so much harder for him because he feels this urge to protect her. Mm-hmm. And, and that is actually not something he wants. So, um, you know, it's kind of a little bit urban fantasy as far as, you know, the romance of it. You kind of get the right. idea that, you know, he does want to protect her and he really admires her. And, and you know, and I, I have some other books that are already written and that I do develop that along the way. But, yeah, he's it's it does use kind of the island of Dr. Moreau um, uh, the science of it, and so there's other creatures that are being made, and he's trying to get all that stopped. And it's def- it, it is it's, it's more thriller than mystery, 
but um, but there are some there's some mystery in there too. So um, yeah, the, so that's the the deadly pieces, and um, I'm doing edits on the next uh, the next book, and then I have. Uh, Bag of Bones, I don't know if I'm going to keep that title, but that's the working title. Um, and he wakes up. Uh, <laughs> he wakes up, he doesn't have an arm. He was buried. Somebody thought he, they had killed him, and he wakes up without an arm. And um, Anyhow, he's, he's in, in a lost memory, and somebody claiming to be his wife. Uh, so that's the second one, and or, I mean, that's the third. Then I have um, Skin Coat. And skin coat is probably leans more into the horror aspect. It's darker. I mean, it's skin coat, you can imagine. And, um, it, I, you know, you, you love every book that you write. You know, it's like there's something about each book that, that really calls to you. And skin coat was, I don't know, probably the most action-packed of all of the, all of the books. And, um, uh, and yeah, so I hope I hope to get that out uh, before the end of the year. Well, I hope to get the second book out before the end of the year, and then next year have two more. So trying to get two Adam books out a year. That's that's what I'm hoping to do. So I'm hoping. Uh, I'm hoping everyone can hear me. I just want to let you know, Lisa, that um, I cannot hear you. I I know that you're on because I can see that. But, um, yeah. Let's see. Well, until I hear Lisa, I am just going to talk because I I know I have several minutes to do so. Um, <laughs> so I do have some other things that are coming out. I, I will talk a little bit about the um, the comic books. So my first comic book, uh, I've always wanted to write comic books. And I'm um, back. Oh, you're back! Yay! <laughs> I just thought I know something's happened. I'm just gonna keep yeah. talking. <laughs> Well, I knew you were a pro. I was like, you know, she's probably still there. My whole Google Chrome crashed. Oh, <laughs> and no. so everything went black and it was gone. And I was like, uh-oh. And then I couldn't get it back. So it disconnected my direct connect because only one host. And anyway, what a mess. But I'm back. All right. <laughs> just talking, talking about blog talk issues. <laughs> well, I was talking a little bit about the comic books and how those come to be because my my dad always loved comics, and comics have always been kind of part of my life. And I thought, you know what, I think I could write one. I've, I've read a lot of them. I uh, So I taught myself um, how to write a comic, and I found an oh illustrator my gosh. Yeah, that I really, really love working with. And that's how Adam Frankenstein's Dog Fight was created. And, you know, it goes back to being a, an activist, uh, you know, for animals. And there are, you know, unfortunately there are dog fights that happen. Right. And they're really sad, but I do want everybody to know in the comics, there are no animals that are hurt, 
there's no injured, there's no tick puppies, none of that happens. But it's kind of um, Adam Frankenstein is John Wick. You should never have messed with his dog. <laughs> I love so there's, that. There's definitely lots of vengeance that, that's going on. Um, so that that was why I did the first one. It was so well received. I, I won some awards for it, and I was just so surprised. The artwork, the artwork for the Adam Frankenstein graphic novels is amazing. It's really, it's really neat, and the idea behind it, I think, is fantastic. So I'm not surprised. Kevin <laughs> well, is the illustrator, and he actually lives in Greece. We do all of this remotely. But it's it's nice. I I had auditioned seven uh, several illustrators, and you just really want somebody who they can almost climb in your brain and see what you're seeing. And Evan was definitely like that, and and he had just he was really into it. You know, it's like he, he really loved the whole story premise. And so he did dog fight, he did fear fest. We're getting ready to do demons gate. We're doing one with that has. Um, Dorian Gray meets Jekyll and Hyde, and then the origin one with um, with Mary Shelley. So oh lots my of gosh! Yes, I am a writing fool. <laughs> yeah, are there going to be more novels too of he and his partner? Is that going to be like urban fantasy? Where are they going to eventually have in a relationship? Do you think? Yeah, and so I talked a little bit about that when, when you're uh, Chrome crashed. While I was gone. <laughs> I'm currently uh, the second one in the series. I'm changing around a little bit. And, um, you know, Christine Fian is a fan of my Adam world. And she had read it, and she had some recommendations for me that I thought were fantastic. So I'm going back, and I'm going to take that advice. And so I'm making a little, a few changes to that. It's probably going to take me about a month to to finish that. And then the next two in the series are already written. So Bag of Bones. Oh my gosh. Is, yeah. So I'm hoping to get one more novel out this year, and then two um, Adam novels out next year. Uh, so that's, and I've got all sorts of other things. You know, I've got some some comics. I have some graphic novels that are coming out. And uh, and then I have. Uh, a whole other kind of world. It's the the blood quill thrillers there, and that also falls under my Mary Shelley's League of Supernatural Hunters umbrella because that's Bram Stoker and Van Helsing and Dracula, and they end up in modern day New Orleans, and uh, wow. and become detectives. Well, not big. So my so the whole kind of world with Mary Shelley. You know, back then, we're talking like, you know, 1818, there's, you know, there's no phones. You're not going to text somebody. Right. There's email. I mean, if you could write a letter, maybe it'll get there. Maybe it won't. And so <laughs> in my world, they all they had decided to use novels as a way to disseminate information. And so Mary Shelley's actually a monster hunter. You know, Bram Stoker, monster hunter. Martin, uh, or... Uh, Stevenson's a, a, a monster hunt, a monster hunter. You know, so the authors of those books, gothic wow. and monsters, and, uh, they they were monster hunters. And so I had to do a was lot of po, research. Was Poe a monster hunter or a monster? <laughs> yeah, now that that is actually where Adam fell out of love with uh, 
Mary Shelley's League, you know, he didn't care for Poe and Poe didn't care for him. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so Poe is in there. Poe's descendant <laughs> is, is in there. And I, I do, like, with Dorian Gray, um, that's going to end up being a graphic novel. And he... Oscar Wilde goes to prison. Anybody who knows anything about Oscar Wilde knows he did go to prison. And um, the League doesn't help him. The League's very well connected, and they could have got him out. But they're mad because they found out that Dorian Gray was, was not dead, like, like Oscar had said he was. So he's being punished. They find Dorian and tell them, you know what, you can either, you know, help us or we're going to help you along with the death that we thought you had. And Dorian makes a deal and says, okay, I'm going to help you, but then you have to help Oscar get out of prison because they'd become friends. They were never lovers, they were, but they were really good friends. And so they, they tell him, okay, well, we, there's this doctor. We think that he's doing witchcraft and people are dying and so we just want you to go and gather information. Robert Louis Stevenson is sick. He can't come right now. You gather information, and when he's better, he's going to come and take care of what we think is a witchcraft problem. And so that's how Dorian ends up at Dr. Jekyll's home. And, um, and that ends up being a love story. So, <laughs> and, and, you know, I love the way your brain works. <laughs> Wilde and Stevenson were contemporaries. So they really were, you know, I had to take, I had to look at the, all of the authors and their bios and where were they and what did they do and what were they known for and where were they at at, in, at certain periods of time. And there was a period of time in which Oscar Wilde and Robert Louis Stevenson could have been in, in London at the same time. And so it's like, well, that it, it was just kind of natural to blend those together and the part of the story and I think that this is important and it's pride month you know and we're all celebrating that right back in the day if you if you were gay you you could be killed you know right because he's he's gay and um so you find out that Dr. Jekyll is he's not doing any kind of witchcraft he's he is a doctor he's a brilliant doctor and and he's trying to cure himself of his homosexuality. And it's it's kind of a sad story in that he knows it doesn't matter. He's a great doctor and he does stuff to the poor and he, like he's just this amazing man. And people think highly of him, but he knows if it ever got out that he was a homosexual, none of that would matter. What he did right. for you know, for the world, for the community, none of that would matter. It's crazy. And so he started working with all this, doing all this chemistry, trying to create something that would cure homosexuality. And he ends up becoming Hyde. And things do not, you know, it's like Hyde is not, he's not a good guy, but he's not gay. He goes, I'm killing people, he's not gay. You know, I really just wanted to take a look at the things that some things never change. You know, there's still some mm-hmm. people who would say, well, you know, people, okay, yeah, this guy killed his wife, seemed or rehabilitated, and but this guy's gay. He's going to burn in hell. And, and people people really say those things. It's crazy. Right. 
Right, right. And so, you know, Dorian sees how amazing Jekyll is and falls in love with him. And then, you know, finds that he's not doing witchcraft, but what he's done, it it looks Has like it's made a monster. Really, yeah, it's made a monster. And it's kind of like, you know, love yourself as who you are. Because right. changing yourself to what other people want you to be may not be your best self. Right, right. Oh, I love it. Sounds fantastic. And that one's going to be a graphic novel? That'll be, yeah, most of the comics are 20 to 24 pages. And then a graphic novel could be, you know, 40 pages, 60 pages, 100 pages. I'm thinking it'll probably land around 40, maybe 50 pages, which makes a graphic novel. So um, so I'm really excited about that. I've got a lot of things going on. You do. Oh, my gosh. Well, I was going to ask about your inspiration um, for taking, you know, Mary Shelley and all of these authors and making Frankenstein a Marshall. I mean, were you watching Penny Dreadful and went, hey, this could be a thing? I mean, what what was your inspiration? Where did that come from? You know, it's um, I, I love Penny Dreadful. I love those kind of you know, those kind of movies and shows. And, right. Um, you know, there's a lot of other people who have taken those older monsters and turned them into something else or, you know, just the idea of, you know, vampires, werewolves or whatever. I've always loved that kind of thing. And I'm a, a really big fan of Mary Shelley. You know, Mary Shelley she had a really sad life. A lot of people don't know that. She lost, you know, she lost three children and uh, only one lived to adulthood. Uh, and she was a little strange. Uh, after Percy died, you know, they, they burned the body and the heart. But she kept the heart, her. right? Kept his heart. <laughs> she, in real life, kept his heart. She did other things that were interesting. You know, her mother was very, a very famous feminist. And um, she had... Later on in life, it's after Percy had died, and she she lived with her son. She had made friends with this couple, and they had really hit it off, and she just loved them. And so when they were um, they got into some trouble, and they were going to be arrested and put in prison, she helped them escape uh, to to France. Uh, but they they were in trouble because the husband was trans. And he got Oh my out. gosh. And that's all true. All of that is so true. It's it's like she's amazing the things that she did and I think I I, I would love to think that I, I would be that kind of person because that was dangerous for her too. Right. You know. And it has this, there was just so many different things about her that called to me. You know, she was truly a a, a heroine in her own right. Even mm-hmm. have you know, a lot of horrible things happened to her in her life. She still stood up for what she believed, and, you know, you got to respect that. And so the, the combination of I love those kind of stories and I really admire this person, and I thought, you know, I think, I think I'd like to do something, you know, with, with, Frank, with Frankenstein, the creature. And, um, and that's how all of that came to be. Oh, my gosh, I love it. Well, I could easily talk to you for hours. Um, We've done that before. Um, (laughs) 
but we're rapidly running out of time. And so if people grow out and grab the deadly pieces um, and they get excited, how should they get, you know, everybody likes to talk to authors. Are you on social media? Do they sign up for your newsletter? How can they get in touch? Well, um, I am on social media, um, and I love to talk to readers. Uh, you know, I've, I just was at a convention that was phenomenal. I talked to so many readers. It was really great. It was really fun. The pictures to looked fun. But SheilaEnglish.com is where you can go to find out about all my different series and the books, and you'll find out where I am on social media. So I'm on Twitter, Facebook. I'm even on uh, TikTok. So I'm kind of everywhere. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I did put a link to Sheila's website right there on Blog Talk. So if you're listening live or if you're listening later, click that link and you can find all of her social media links and get in touch with her. She makes amazing book trailers too, so you'll be able to see those if you follow her. So definitely get connected. And thanks so much for being here, Sheila. This was so much fun. Thank you. And sorry about the glitch there in the middle, but you are a pro, and thanks for keeping it going. <laughs> you bet. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks Bye. for joining us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers. love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.